The Reverend Richard Woods, a Dominican at Loyola University in Chicago, who has published a book on the devil, said, I've received dozens of calls from people who are horribly frightened or so confused that they have begun to lose their grip on reality. I also know of two kids who came out of the movie thinking that they were possessed and they had now been hospitalized. What movie is this? The Exorcist. First, what's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope, the only hope, the exorcist. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. This episode we're talking about the. I'm really sorry. I, I like. I I was like, cool. I'll open up my tab on the Exorcist and start. And so I've got my information there. Did you know Max von Sydow's dead? What? When? Last year. <laughs> that bums me out. No, I did not oh, know it. Oh man! What a way to start the show. Sorry, everybody. Breaking news: Last year, Max von Sydow <laughs> died. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that got. Brushed over oh, a lot by yeah, our COVID yeah. situation. So, yeah. I'm just, I don't even, well, now I'm upset. Let's talk about the stupid demon movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to qualify stupid now. My <laughs> offering, my offering to the, uh, to the banquet of horror is, of course, The Exorcist by William Friedkin, 1973. Arguably the greatest horror film of all time. If you check any list, it's probably in at least the top three every time. It is um, an exercise in 
how to effectively ratchet up tension, disgust, <laughs> nausea, <laughs> discomfort. Um, a really hard hitting film that is backed up by some of the best acting you'll ever see in a horror film. From just from Lynn Blair giving a performance that I don't think she could ever live up to again um, to Jason Miller. And of course, Max von Stau. It's just, it's one of those movies that I think I would have to put it in like in my personal, one of the best films ever made because it is just, it is an experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's this ratcheting up of tension that makes this so different to every other horror film ever made. I mean, we can talk about films like something like Jaws or whatnot, but it doesn't have this slowly constricting, tightening noose around you like this film. When From just the beginnings where you're just getting subtle indications or portents is probably the better way of describing it of, uh, you know, dogs fighting at an archaeological dig, the statue, and then when they're revealing just a little artefact in the church, a clock stops in a completely silent environment, and we're getting all of this slowly building up and then suddenly get placed in this family home with that as the precursor to it. Um, but there's nothing that's sort of ever really matched it that I've seen. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, full disclosure, I'd never seen The Exorcist until this week. And most of the wow. <laughs> you kept that under your hat. <laughs> Look, I've said this a couple of times. I do not do horror very How'd you well. go? I loved it. <laughs> I, I watched it during the day like a complete coward. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was so extremely well paced. Um, the tension was amazing. It's also got this wonderful um, side story about grief with the priest and the loss of his mother, which is heartbreaking. And as you said, some of the best acting I've ever seen, like horror movie or not, like everyone does an excellent job and I loved it from start to finish. It's, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's a, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about you being like, I'm not a great fan of horror. And I'm like, well, here's the fucking worst one. <laughs> <laughs> here's the most messed up movie I can think of. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. It, um, yeah. It's like, it's one of those movies that like haunts me a little bit. Like, um, yeah. I did my, I did my thesis on religious horror films and you kind of don't get much more um, a better example than The Exorcist. And it was sort of the cornerstone of all my arguments because it's it's um, it uses these images of um, Catholicism and stuff and some of it, it definitely turns it against you with the uh, desecration in the church and stuff. So those, those weird things that stick out in my mind that like really freak me out. All these weird little images peppered throughout the film. Yeah, and I also thought it was so interesting because a lot of it I feel is based in a realistic place because exorcism is a real practice that does uh, take place and is undertaken by the Catholic Church with all of these really rigid rules and all that sort of stuff. So I found that grounded me in reality enough to sort of buy into the story a lot more. So I thought that was really, really good. Uh, so I think because the source material came from a real report, um, mm. 
So when he wrote the book, it was based on a real exorcism, apparently. I think it feeds a lot in there that can be utilised, but then there's also this added level of the scientific approach at the beginning. So, you know, where they're sort of trying to explain things yeah, as it goes and they're doing experiments and, and tests and they're, they're sort of horrific what's going on there for her and you can just yeah. see the trauma that she's experiencing based on them trying to work out what's wrong um, while at the same time you've got uh, priests sort of wondering about their own faith and, t you know, treating it with a <laughs> sort of slight, I, I guess, Flippancy, you know, it's not not the best word, but you know he he doesn't take it seriously at first, and um, obviously, well, I think he, he, he he's, with, he's not really going to take it on at that point. I think he's still thinking there's a a logical explanation, and well, um, he walks into that house, um, Damien. He walks into that house with certainly a um, I think total level of skepticism, coming from being a damaged Catholic, I guess, uh, that sort of broken faith. Yeah, and then and which leads to the scariest moment in the movie for me, and is the moment that whenever I think about the Exorcist, is what uh, terrifies me the most is that uh, when he's first interviewing her, and um, when he's previously on the subway, and there's the uh, homeless man who asks him to spare him, spare some change from an old altar boy father, and then yeah. when he's questioning the the authenticity of this um, demonic possession, and he's got his back turned to her, and it's the exact same voice as the uh, man on the subway, and that moment terrifies <laughs> me for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. At like the knowingness that this this thing is um, real and knows everything about him, including this moment where he he had a moment of sort of weakness of like ignoring the suffering, which is kind of the opposite of what the clergy is meant to do. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it for knows. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just coming from being, I guess, a damaged Catholic as well. He's a trained psychologist. So mm. his role is to sort of approach it with this objective viewpoint where, no, this could be actually this girl, this little girl, Reagan, might actually be mentally ill. And to watch him sort of turn from that and then make this realisation, no, this is actually a legitimate demonic possession. Holy shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> you call yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's... um probably one of the great tension mechanisms in the film is the fact that skepticism is actually driving a good chunk of the beginning of the film. So oh, it's like, yeah. you know, no, nah, it can't be true. It's not true. But then as an audience, you're getting all these subliminal images every once in a while and things behind like shadows behind faces and, and faces. And so as an audience, you're going, no, 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 it's <laughs> something wrong here. Uh, while all these characters are going, no, come on, we're going to, this can't be real. It's, and, Didn't um, you see that? Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, especially for the mother. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, when you think about it, and there's all these techniques that it uses in this film that I, I'd say are still being used constantly now to try and strike fear in your audience, like the... The sounds coming upstairs, the mention of something that's happened, which is just a bit odd, without mm -hmm. having that full weight of it. So that it, they, they say something in passing about up in the roof or whatever the sounds up there, and it's just left there. It, no one really goes, okay, we've got to really explore it and 
exaggerate it. It's just added to the layers of this uh, puzzle that's being formed uh, in front of everyone. So it's uh, really, really exceptional in how it does this. Yeah, and once you get to the actual exorcism itself, you get this complete payoff. And that exorcism scene is very, very long, but also you could watch that on its own as a self-contained, tense, short film. It's horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And sad. Really, really, really tragic. tragic. Yeah, it's it's awful. Like, you you know what's going... You sort of get this feeling in your gut that you know what's going to happen. These two priests, like, you know they're not going to make it out alive. There's no way, but... (laughs) Yeah, how do you go up against this, like, ultimate evil and... How, you know, how do you solve a problem like Pazuzu? <laughs> <laughs> Calm measured strokes. Or by throwing yourself out a window. <laughs> yeah. the, the, other, the other thing that adds to the impact, yeah, you get to that gore and um, obvious uh, supernatural aspects, but then it treads on so many taboos instantly. Like, it doesn't... There's no bar held back in this film um i don't know no Uh, i mean just the innocence of the girl and how far that innocence is breached by her being possessed and uh is horrific it's like absolute horrifying stuff that really makes you go this thing is evil and uh we often just get told you know something's bad because it's killing people but this is worse this is like it's it's it's, yeah. um, it's pervasive and it's um, yeah. it's slowly, yeah yeah it's weaseled its way inside her and it's tearing it, her apart from the inside yeah and but also like taking away those you know she's a child and it's taking away all those things from her life that in in really um sort of demented and horrible horrible and horrifying ways from like sexuality to all, all manner of things, yeah. dignity and mm. yeah, and there's, that's where it's. I, I I'm not even sure if you, you you could probably still make this film that these days, but it's not going to be a blockbuster film that goes into cinemas widely distributed like this one was. Mm. Um, sitting in the time that it was made, allowed I think these things to be put forward into the film and shown to a wider audience than you'd get now. Um, I'd say if you release something like this now, that not The Exorcist itself, because it, we now know it exists and it's all accepted from whatever's happened before, but um, if you did something like it, I think you'd be chastised. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, and, and there are definitely films that uh, I think... I think there are filmmakers who try, but now it all seems to come off as like um, you're trying to harbor controversy and stuff like Hmm. sell your film based on shock factor alone. Whereas I don't think, I think William Friedkin's a very clever director and I don't think any of it's there purely for sensationalism. It's everything serves a purpose. Yeah. As horrific as it is. Yeah. You sort of see that, um, I guess in the character of Reagan, you know, this movie wouldn't be made now because, you know, you wouldn't inflict that kind of horror upon a child. That's, that's just, right. and that's completely off limits. But back then it's just, well, yes, she's a child, but she's also representative of this innocence, um, this 
pure goodness and you know when you see the um, words help me coming from the inside of her stomach it's so heartbreaking and I don't think that could be I guess recreated today and still come off as sincere yeah no. I, yeah because you've got like the, other, the only sort of directors I think that come sort of come to mind are like sort of Lars von Troyer and um I don't know. I can't try to think of it. I, like, I find the horror films that try to do this sort of stuff or to be controversial, it's 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 all distasteful. <laughs> stuff like the human centipede. Yeah, and... that's what I was thinking of. As... Yeah, it's more like body Just... horror for the sake of it, yeah. Yeah, whereas this all feels like you still kind of like you want good is going to prevail and you still want good to prevail and there are still incredibly good and noble characters around trying to help this girl, whereas these sort of movies that are made now are kind of like just inflicting horror upon people and there's no real re redemption or um, uh, no goodness. No, it's just escape usually from them and that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I think that might be one of the reasons why people like me don't necessarily gravitate towards horror because in modern examples they don't have that redemptive quality in them, whereas something like The Exorcist, yes, it's terrifying and it's got all of these horrific scenes and there's a lot to it that's really deep but it's got this silver lining at the end of it which just makes it pay off and I think that's where that that difference is you know um a horror movie like The Exorcist has that goodness at the very end of it whereas now that's not present mm. and maybe it's like it's sort of like a, a a ghost story supernatural thing I think it sort of all gets ruined by the 80s with the, the slasher films and stuff when you have people taking apart people where there's the sort of like the supernatural element when it's not rubbish like because there are certainly rubbish supernatural films but i find like haunted house movies tend to sort of at least have that kind of a little bit nicer edge where it's like escape but in a different way yeah. whereas um yeah a lot of horror that goes this far now is just crap <laughs> yeah I, I would agree and it's possibly due to, I mean, I don't know your proportion of population who fall into, particularly in Western countries in this case, obviously, uh, sort of Christianity mm. being or Catholicism, whichever uh, Christian religion or Christian pseudo, what is it, judo-Christian religion you're part of, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's as pervasive now in the telling of stories and uh, the in the audience's mind. So we've got a, a less secular type idea of films. So all of that's left out of it, which mm. just makes horror for horror's sake for humans just to be horrible because mm. they can be. Mm. And we, we lose the, probably another whole spiritual dimension to it. And it's not saying films require people to believe in religions and things to have that it's just more there's there's more to it above the immediate horror that's put in films and this takes it way outside that it's from the beginning it's outside it, it it's, yeah. a, it's like a universal horror um and it treats it as such 
I think from a modern perspective as well, you sort of see religious institutions as well. There's these watershed moments in the news and documentaries about the inner monstrousness of them as well. So that drives people even further away from those sorts of places because of the stories that have been coming out. So when you try and perhaps make a film that has these sorts of people that are in line with these institutions, it kind of turns your stomach a little bit because you know what the reality is in a lot of those places. Or, yeah, the institution is tainted. Yeah, Mm. it makes it in a way unpalatable because monsters are fighting monsters. Mm. It's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just find it interesting, though, because Mm. I can't think of anything that, I mean, there'd still be religious-based horror films, obviously, out there. But I don't think they'd they'd get the same audience um, as this. Yeah. Well, certainly I, not the same level of success. Yeah, I wonder. I've, I've not seen the film, but I know there was one that was out in the early 2000s, The Exorcism of Emily Rose as well. Yeah. It might be maybe but that's, that's, that's a very interesting one too because it's kind of a scathing indictment on <laughs> on the church as well, whereas um, the, yeah. the movie is like half. Have you not seen it? I've not, but I know the story that it's based on. Yeah, so it's it half really half cool. courtroom drama, half the, yeah. the, the what you're expecting. Yes, so right. um, it starts off with basically this girl has died during the exorcism and the priest is put on trial for it. And so you yes. go, sort of go through whether it's like whether she had something wrong with her that and then it was very inappropriately treated with exorcism or yeah, she was yeah. possessed and it took her life. So yeah. um, it's, it's a definitely a good one because that's a, that's, that's a very successful film and Scott Derrickson, who directed that's a very good director. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but once again, we still have to go back to this exorcism idea to... <laughs> Pull that off, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you sort of this is it's like this and probably the omen are the two big ones I can think of of the period hmm. that um really set the kind of I guess profitability of this sort of horror film. I guess as well, you sort of have um this sort of concept evolve over the years as well. You have other films which take um an exorcism kind of slant in the Constantine film with Keanu Reeves, too, which sort of I guess. Makes it superhero exorcism, a superhero quality, yeah, exactly. So, that's another interesting way to sort of explore that. And also, that's a story about um, Constantine's own battle with faith, like and, and literal angels and the devil mm. and stuff. I think, um, also moving away from Catholicism, too, like exorcism is like in every culture, yeah, of course, it would be. which is maybe why this movie has sort of has legs, like everyone can, I guess, to a point, apart from you know, the power of Christ compels you can relate to you know, this concept of demonic possession. I mean, I've I have a friend whose father had to be exercised, like, um, and they're they're Hindi. Yeah, so I'm... it's very, very odd, like uh, concept, and and there's something really kind of gets under your skin about that too, like losing your identity and. Yeah, I remember there was um, a friend of mine who had an exorcism performed on a house that they'd moved into as well, because there was, you know, an apparent uh, presence in the household, and it came to that point where it needed to be dealt with by the clergy. <laughs> Send for the collared fellows. <laughs> <laughs> they come in a van. <laughs> I also think the film, because we were talking, I guess, going back to that universal aspect of things, um, it works the same way that classic horror works, like Frankenstein and Dracula, where we do have the clash of, uh, I guess, faith-based religions and science and belief 
and so on, which really does create a tension in it. And this is in Frankenstein and Dracula as well. So it's sort of using that mechanism that is so well utilized by a lot of the original horror fare, if you want. Um, yeah. And I think the better horror films will make things a bit more universal. So this isn't really about Catholicism. It ultimately, no. um, it's it's a side issue, and as you said, it could be any faith performing the exorcism. Mm. You could replace it, and it'd still be exactly the same film, exactly the same impact. Yeah, it's regardless. It's a story about salvation. It doesn't really matter yeah. where that source of salvation comes from. Yeah, that's no, right. It's just that the iconography made it obviously four hundred million dollars palatable for Western audiences. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so all that stuff, like, so obviously we've just laid out our thoughts on the exorcist and what makes it very, very good. Um, but like all horror from the seventies and eighties, of course, we had to make more of them. And the exorcist is one of those films that does have a legacy and has a, has sequels. It has sequels. How could you? Well, that that's the expression I was hoping to capture. The look on my face, <laughs> just in a shock and dismay. Oh, Why no. would you bother making The Exorcist too? And it's such a self-contained story. Like, I'm, I've not seen them, but I've seen <laughs> them. Well, hold that thought because I, I actually have very positive feelings about The Exorcist Three. Okay, Zuzi's Revenge. <laughs> 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 not quite. No, sincerely, Jason, your thought, like, come on, it's not that bad. Exorcist 3 is pretty good. Hey, uh, <laughs> I need backup. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> let, it, let him speak. Let him speak. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, look, it, it definitely holds It's not up. this, though. It's they're so yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, it doesn't try to do the same thing, which is really good. Um, good. It's it manages to sort of bring back that same tension that exists in this one. Mm. Um, I don't think it's as good as this one in any <laughs> way, but it's certainly better than Exorcist 2, which was just a money-spinning, let's go Dreadful. and say it comes back again sort of thing, um, and that's it, mm. uh, without Jane really much Jones to it. Is a voodoo priest or something. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Uh, that's terrible. What is it? It's the the heretic or something, isn't it? Exorcist yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So don't bother with that. Uh, no, I can't. The third, the third one definitely has that same sort of uncomfortable feeling within that faith of what's going on and skepticism uh, is reignited. I guess is, is it follows the police officer from this film. Yeah. Oh, okay, radio. Okay, I can and see what's happening. Yeah, he was an interesting yeah, character. To do with yeah. a sort of series of murders around a psychiatric hospital where Damien was um, a doctor. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, look, I I certainly enjoyed it. Got to see that one at the cinema and when it came out. So it was um, uh, probably... It, it, I... Don't know whether I'd go as far as to say it was worth making a sequel for. Uh, well, but I don't think I, I don't say. think there's there's like like Monica said it's closed. Like you don't need more. No. Uh, but but it's there. It is it is it is there, and it's not that bad. Yes, it's not yeah. Sure. Bad. I mean, 
I, I'm not one to talk like I'm looking forward to Mortal Kombat 2. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I really can't have, sit on my high horse when it comes to sequels. <laughs> and then um, the, the, I, I saw a prequel at the cinema. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a prequel as well. There's well, this is weird, right? So they were making a uh, prequel, and there was a whole bunch of like um, the studio was like, "It's over time and over budget. Let's let's um sack the director and bring in Rennie Harlan, who directed, I'm pretty sure, Die Hard Two, to finish <laughs> it off." <laughs> and it's it's pretty bad. But then they actually gave the original director money to finish it. So you can, there are two Exorcist prequels that said, uh, essentially tell the same story, just are vastly different. One's and just... um, the original vision is actually not dreadful either. Mm, okay. Um, it tells the story of Merrin mentions that he performed one exorcism in Africa previously and it, um, it shows that. And there's something kind of horrifying about this stuff taking place in Africa in the like thirties, that is really kind of uncomfortable. Oh, is that yeah. based on the original story of like that the exorcist is based on? Mm, no. Nah. So the, um, the exorcist was, uh, so William Peter bloody wrote the book after hearing the story about a young boy who was exercised and it's, it, it plays out similar to the, um, to the film in terms of like young boy was possessed, stuff was getting thrown around the room. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you put into the character of um, Merrin that this, um, yeah, he performed this other exorcism. Uh, there's also a TV series, which I have not seen. Okay. Because there is for everything at the moment. Mm, and they're doing no, a, and they're doing the old, um, they're now working on a, it's been greenlit and they're going to be shooting it very soon. They're doing a prequel. Not a prequel, a sequel to the original film that ignores all the others. So it's not going away. No. I find that I, I, yeah, I'm not shame. convinced. <laughs> it is. It's a shame. It, uh, it is a shame because it's got, obviously the first one is just so good and it has this wonderful legacy. You don't need to build on that with anything, really. It's a one and done. <laughs> it's yeah. just... Digging down, it's not building up. It's, it's, it's not digging up. Dig up. Yeah, I just yeah, I just don't think. Yeah, it doesn't. None of it needs to be. Well, I I also think there's a lot of elements to the Exorcist in terms of synergy of time and place and what we get in it. I mean, uh, from, say, Mike Oldfield doing Tubular Bells and that becoming the music that is spooky as hell. Um, that theme is, yeah. Yeah. It, it's so well done and placed that how are you going to match that? How, you just can't do it. Um, you, you just have to luck out so incredibly and then happen to be making the exorcist at the same time or an exorcist prequel sequel whatever mm. um i still I, it just makes me want more original films more and more when you yeah. go back to these things you sort of go wow they, they were taking risks they were doing yeah. things for the sake of doing that not for the sake of making money yes maybe making money is an undercurrent to doing it but mm. the point being the original idea and telling of a story was wasn't enough. to just replicate something from before 
especially to depict something that would be considered quite obscene and almost taboo in a lot of ways. Like it, it's extremely vi- vi- not violent, but there's a lot of gore and a lot of different things in this movie which make it physically uncomfortable. Like when you see the experimentation on Reagan when she has the syringe popped in her neck and all the blood's mm. coming out. Or, you know, when her head fully turns or when she's stabbing herself with the crucifix. It's all really quite affronting to audiences. Yeah. And I can't, I can only imagine what it would have been like seeing it in the 70s. I would, you know, I'm sure that would have horrified and clutched many pearls. <laughs> <laughs> or ring your local priest to yes. check if you're possessed. If you think you're possessed, <laughs> please contact your local priest at one eight hundred save me. <laughs> Speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Latin. <laughs> oh, Zuzu, you wascal. <laughs> you wascally rabbit. <laughs> he's a he's a wascal something or other. <laughs> so um yeah, I thought there were lots of horror films I could have picked, but you know what? There's a reason it's it's widely regarded as the gold standard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so grateful. Thank you for making me watch this because what a treat. I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize. <laughs> no, 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 this is not what it is. Seriously, it was so close exorcist. between this and The Shining and I'm like, yeah, The Exorcist. <laughs> All right. Um, I've just realized, and I don't know whether this is to be part of this episode, this is number 100. Oh, isn't it? I don't or is anymore. it? Or is it 101? So this is what I thought. All right. Yeah. I thought we'd just do a hundredth episode spectacular, but it would be episode 100 and whatever. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or like The Simpsons 111th episode spectacular. <laughs> I was going to say, you could just do 100 and just pick a random number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, why not? Yeah. Okay. But I think it's 101 now that I'm thinking about it. So... We're around that mark. But anyway, it doesn't yeah. really matter because um, we, we're sort of flying by the seat of our pants through all of this lockdown stuff and post-lockdown stuff. And I'm looking forward to being back in a room with the both of you to talk about movies. Yeah, likewise. I've been missing it. <laughs> it gives me a reason to leave the house. Apart <laughs> <laughs> from the, you know, work and, and the odd exorcism. That's good. Yeah, talking about movies and drinking lots of coffee. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, yes, Halloween Horror Week. Thank you for enjoying our three classic horror films. And we do have a treat for you coming up on Halloween. We are doing our pop culture Halloween special, where we will be reviewing the new film Halloween Kills. And we will be doing our top five. You'll find out when you listen to the episode. <laughs> Not ruining everything for you. Jeez. No, you got to have some suspense. Could be top five anything. Top five exorcism films. Go. <laughs> <laughs> We've mentioned two of them so far. I don't know yeah. what there's left. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I will be Jason. And I'm still Monica. Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddie, Monica Porter, and Scott Sauter. The clip for this week's show was a trailer for The Exorcist, and the song at the end was the main theme from The Exorcist by Mike Oldfield. If you're enjoying the show, please invite you to jump on that podcast and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. 
If you'd like to catch us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at popcultureau, we're on Instagram, we're also on YouTube where you can watch video recordings of our episodes, at least the ones that we've been recording during lockdown. And we'll catch you guys on Halloween for our Halloween special. We will review Halloween kills and talk about our top five favourite. You'll have to wait and find out.